Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast. My name is James and I'm the pastor here at Sar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. And this is our midweek audio-only Bible teaching. We have been walking through God's Word one chapter a week and today we get to Numbers chapter 6. Now as we say each and every week, if you've never read this chapter of your Bibles, if you've no idea what is going on in Numbers 6, go ahead and read it. We'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in the Word. So I don't know about your Bible, but mine has got a little subheading above Numbers chapter 6 that says the Nazarite vow. And as we read uh, the first kind of three quarters of this chapter, it's all about this Nazarite vow, this very special, uh, beyond normal commitment vow that people could make for a season, for a defined period in which they would uh, still live in and among the people. There was nothing monastic about this. We're not removing ourselves from the community. But we are going to make an extra firm, extra special commitment to God. This goes beyond uh, normal vows and promises that people would ordinarily make to God. So, Numbers chapter 6, verse 1 says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When either a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to separate himself to the Lord, that's literally what this Nazir word means, uh, he shall separate himself or herself from wine and strong drink. Uh, So that's the first thing, the first point of a Nazarite vow. Uh, You're going to be separate. You're withdrawing yourself from certain things uh, which are going to be laid out here. The first of which is wine and strong drink, which generally, when we read of throughout the Psalms, for example, uh, wine and fermented drinks are to be received with thanksgiving, uh, drunk in moderation, enjoyed, uh, but... um, Whereas the priest would not drink on duty, so to speak, the Nazarite uh, is not to drink at all. So we're going beyond the normal commitment, even of somebody called to the priesthood. Uh, We read that he or she uh, shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink and shall not drink any juice of grapes or eat grapes fresh or dried. And then all the days of the separation, all the days of the Nazarite ship, Uh, nothing produced by the grapevine, not even seeds or skins. Just before we continue, it's probably very important to say that when we read of Jesus being a Nazarene, uh, that's just where he was from. That doesn't mean that when we read of Jesus, the Nazarene, uh, he was under this particular vow at that time. The root word is the same, uh, but a Nazarite, someone who's taken the vow of Nazir to to be separate, to be holy, to be consecrated, Nazarene, Uh, Somebody from Nazareth. Uh, Anyway, so we continue. We're not having any kind of wine or strong drink. And then verse 5, all the days of the vow separation, no razor is going to touch the head until the time is completed for which he separates himself to the Lord. He shall be holy. He shall let the locks of his hair, of his head, grow long. Now this is a very physical, visual, very evident sign that this person is under a Nazarite vow. Uh, men, again, we've, we've come through a couple of earlier books in the Bible. We've got some very particular commands about how to and how not to cut your hair and your beard here. It's just, it's all, we're going to let it grow. 
uh, sound like we're singing from the Lorax movie, but <laughs> a bit of Dr. Seuss. But now we're going to let the hair grow. It's going to look a bit wild and unkept. Obviously, ladies wouldn't really cut their hair short anyway. And I read, if you read around this, as I did this week, for ladies, it's just the idea that you're not going to spend hours and hours and hours uh, looking after your hair. It's going to look a bit more um, natural, <laughs> a bit more organic, shall we say. Uh, but anyway, the first thing then, no wine, strong drink. Second, not going to cut the hair. And I don't know about you, but this takes me in my mind to Samson. Uh, he was... His mother took this vow uh, before he was born, and then when he cut his hair, when he was physically, evidently, and visibly in contradiction to the vow, that's when he lost his strength. So verse 6 tells all the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body. That's the third point of this Nazarite vow. And then this is quite a severe commitment to make, as we see now in verse 7. Not even for his father or mother, brother, sister, if they die... You, you cannot go near and touch a dead body that's going to make you unclean. All the days of the separation, you're going to be holy to the Lord. Now, this is, again, one step further even than priests who could uh, tend to and be part of uh, funeral rituals and rites and um, the mourning period. If you're a Nazarite, no, you've made this commitment, and that's that. It kind of trumps everything else, let's say. And then verses 9 to 12, we see what happens if your vow is interrupted and it's not really your fault. So, you know, if, if somebody dies very, very close to you uh, and you end up coming into contact with that body. So if this happens, you are going to shave your head. You're going to start again. Uh, and on the eighth day, you're going to bring two turtle doves or pigeons to the priest. That's a burnt offering, a sin offering as well. Uh, there's atonement going to be made. We talked about all these different kinds of, uh, of offerings, sin offerings, burnt offerings, how atonement is made back in Leviticus. Uh, and you've sinned kind of unintentionally. And you're going to consecrate yourself on the same day. Separate yourself to the Lord for the days of separation. And again, I read about uh, a person this week who in ancient Israel had made this vow and had taken great care to maintain it for about seven years. And then, unfortunately, somebody died very close to them. They came into contact with a dead body, which renders them ceremonially unclean. They've got to go through this ritual. And then for the days of his separation, that means you've got to do it again for seven years. When the vow uh, comes to an end, when it's completed, you vowed it for this period of time, it's now complete. What do we do? Well, we see how it's ended is very extensive. It's expensive, and it's very expressive as well. The people, are, the, the Nazarites, the um, exiting Nazarites, let's say, are very physically involved with the end of their vow. Uh, so when the time of the separation has been completed, we're in verse 13 now, bring into the tent of meeting, there is going to be one male lamb without blemish for a burnt offering. There's going to be a sin offering. There's going to be a peace offering. There's going to be a grain offering. There's going to be drink offerings. This was not a cheap or quick end to this vow. It's a very serious vow. It's a very solemn vow. And the impression that we get in verses 13 through to 15, 16 are that the exit from this vow is equally as extensive and expensive. 
So there's loads of offerings, loads of uh, ritual to go through to end this period of very solemn and very separate uh, vows and promises. And then we see that in verse 18, the Nazarite is involved in this. So the grain offering, the drink offering is handed to them. We see that the Nazarite himself is involved in this. Uh, verses 19 20 tell us that. And to really signify and to show that this vow is now finished, the, the hair that's been unkept, the hair that's been grown for this relatively long period of time uh, is cut off and is burnt with, uh, we read then, verse 18, on the fire that is under the sacrifice of the peace offering. And then verse 21 kind of rounds us off really nicely. This is the law of the Nazarite. If you vow as an offering to the Lord above the Nazarite vow, as he can afford in exact accordance with the vow that he takes, then he shall do it in addition to the law of the Nazarite. So other, other vows, other offerings uh, don't fall away just because you've taken this Nazarite vow. Uh, you're free to kind of give as much of yourself uh, and as much of your life, let's say, as you want as well. And then Numbers chapter 6 ends with this wonderful, beautiful uh, blessing that Aaron, as the priest, pronounces on the people and uh, something that I love to use at church uh, pretty much every week. Uh, and we've recently started having the congregation join in with us. And let me tell you why. So here in number six, we see that uh, the Lord spoke to Moses and says, look, tell Aaron and his sons, tell the priesthood, you're going to bless the people. Uh, so it, it was the very specific job of the priest and, and, and the priesthood to bless the people, to communicate to them, look, God loves you, he wants to bless you, he wants good things for you, he's going to bless you and keep you. He wants to make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. He wants to look at you with the love of a doting father and he wants to give you his peace that passes all understanding. He wants to give that to you. So that was the job of the priest. And as we continue through the kind of the grand narrative of scripture, we see that a New Testament, New Covenant believers like you and me are referred to in a couple of places as a royal priest. And we've all now, we've all now got this uh, title of a, of a priest. Now that doesn't mean that we all have the role of a priest, but it does mean we've all got the access uh, of a priest. We, uh, we can all uh, commune with God. And obviously that only is available to us through uh, the person and the work of Jesus. But all of that to say, whereas before there was this very special group of people that stood before God on behalf of the people and would pronounce his blessings because they've got access uh, to God's presence. Now we all have, again, through the person, the work of Jesus, through God's grace and our faith. And so it is very, very right. It is good and it is proper for the whole church to pronounce a blessing, to remind one another weekly, as would happen at the tabernacle, is to remind each other every time we gather that God loves you, God wants to bless you. Verse 27 there says, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. The people are going to remind, the priests are going to remind the people of who God is. Going to, God wants to bless you. And he says, you can put my name on the people and I will bless them. 
And so it is good and it is right and it is proper for all of us, all of the church, to remind one another of this truth every time the church gathers. That God wants to bless you. God wants to keep you. He wants the best for you. And that might not line up with what we think is good, but God wants to keep you in the best situations, circumstances, and scenarios that he can. And he knows what is best not what we think is good. God wants to have his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. He wants to, he has been unbelievably gracious to us by sending his son to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins, to redeem us from impending death. He has been gracious to us. He wants to look upon us, lift up his countenance to us. He wants to look at us as a loving dad looks at his kids and he wants to give us his peace, the peace of knowing who he is, that he is in control, that we are not the pinnacle of existence in the universe. Accepting that (laughs) brings a great peace. And God wants all of us to remind all the rest of us about that. And so that is why it is good and it is right. And it is a beautiful thing for God's people to speak this blessing upon each other every time they gather. We are now at the end of November and as we do every year, we're going to take a break now from Walk the Word until January. The Christmas season, I'm sure you would agree, is full of extra commitments, extra work, extra gatherings, a lot of extra stuff. And uh, this midweek audio-only Bible teaching is something that we regularly pause uh, in December. So we will be back in January with Numbers chapter 7. God bless you and keep you this festive season. And I hope you will join me again in a few weeks.